It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And hey, we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study. We're live on your computer or your iPod or your smartphone or however you're listening to us tonight. It's Thursday, May 19th, and we're glad that you're here. And we look forward to hearing from you. The number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. And if you're watching us live on the program tonight, the video window uh, to your right of the video window is a chat window where you can join in with other listeners on the program tonight. If you're watching us live tonight, you realize the man to my right is not my father. He's on vacation tonight, and he's listening in Inlet Beach, Florida. All right. And But in his place tonight, uh, my friend Eric Reynolds from Fayetteville, Tennessee is here. Eric, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for having me. You're normally on the program in the chat room. Yeah, I like You call it. in a lot. So right, you're right. probably one of our more regular callers. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but you're, you've moved to the head of the class tonight. All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, we've got an interesting topic planned for tonight and a topic that uh, it seems to be more and more applicable, Eric. Um, the idea that uh, you can be religious, but you don't have to be involved with any kind of church. Right. In fact, a lot of times you hear it put this way that I'm, I'm just not into organized religion. I'm very spiritual. Right. I've had two people tell me that in the uh, in the past that not not very long ago that I talked to that oh they want to make sure you know now I have faith and I have a thing right. but sort of like me and God we do our own thing. Yeah. And I'm just not into church. Yeah. You know, that's sort of their take on it. All right. Well, we want to talk about that tonight. Do is church membership really important? Is it necessary to be a member of a church? We'll look forward to hearing from you on that. Uh, topic tonight. Let us know your thoughts. You think it's important that we're a member of a church. Uh, we sent out earlier today to the update list five questions for your consideration. We'll look forward to hearing from you about those or any question tonight. Why are so many people choosing to abandon religion? Number one, Eric, a lot of people abandoning religion. We want to know why. Right. And number two, what problems have you seen in local churches that might be driving people away? You know, sadly, there's probably some justification for people uh, not justification, but ex- reasons why they might be doing that. Right. Uh, number three, what were the, fir- were the first century Christians organized into local churches, and how do we know? That's a fundamental question, Eric, but it is one that has to be proven because some people are saying you know, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, but we need to look to see what the Bible says, and that should be very easy to prove. Right, it uh, is, actually. Yeah. We could spend, we've got a lot of material on that. Right. And uh, number four, does God expect a faithful Christian to be a member of a local church? So if there were churches in the first century, does God expect me to be a member of one today? Right. And number five, what are the benefits of being an active member in a local church? And that could be a whole program. Sure, right. And it probably should be someday, but uh, there are numerous benefits. And so we'll take that at the end of the program tonight. We look forward to hearing from you, 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeu.com. And if you're watching this live again, join in the chat room with other listeners. If you are not signed in, it's very easy. No personal information is required. You can sign in with your Facebook account or you can sign in using chat roll there at the bottom. Again, no personal information is required. Eric, you do that. You you join in on the chat room a lot. Uh, right. Is it easy to sign in? It is, yes. Uh-huh. And you, you can use, um, you can create a login, which I've done, and you could also, uh, now you can click on a little Facebook-looking icon and, and just type in your Facebook thing, and it brings up your profile picture. And, uh, that's pretty handsome on yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got the family. That's oh, that's right. That's right. right. That's right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the number to call. Tonight, well, Eric, people are leaving organized religion at seem like an alarming pace. I, I, from my experience and from what I've heard, this is sort of across the board. Okay. That uh, churches are basically hemorrhaging uh, members; they're they're losing their attendance is dropping. Um, I did some research to find out what kind of statistics there are on that, and I found a um, a place called Barna.org. I'm not sure what that stands for, but they do a lot of this kind of uh, Barna research, maybe. Yes, it is. Okay. But I don't know what it means. Is that a name? Yeah, it's like a, re- a group that does surveys. Oh, okay. Well, I think. I well, that would be good because they, they must have done some surveys on this. Yeah. And um, what they found is that among people who claim to be Christians, 24% have 
haven't been to any kind of religious service in six months. So they say, yes, wow. I'm a Christian, but a full quarter of people, basically, if you were to survey Americans and are you a Christian, yes, a full quarter of them haven't been to any kind of religious assembly uh, in six months. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's an alarming statistic right there. And then another one is that, uh, depending, and I looked at several, as few as 20% of Protestants attend every week. Okay. So uh, if you were just to say, you know, people that just show up and they go to church week after week after week, a fifth. I mean, that's pretty terrible. Wow, that is incredible. Of of people who claim to Uh, be believers. That's not a fifth that are not. That's a fifth that are. A fifth are, right. One out of five. One out of five goes every week. Wow. Okay, so then if it, the, the statistics show that people are not interested in organized religion. Right. Now, are there statistics to show why? Well, they did what ask. They, what they're doing um, instead of organized religion? Yeah, they basically they did this other thing to say what are people doing and what do they consider expressing their faith in some, you know, maybe non-conventional ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked people uh, what they considered to be a, a, a suitable um way to express your faith 89 percent said that just engaging in faith activities at home with one's family so um oh, wow 89 percent of respondents i don't know exactly who they were polling there but 89 percent that's a huge percentage said yeah you know you don't really need to leave the house you can you can be a christian and just do your own thing have your faith at home um you don't need to leave and go meet with other people is what I, the way i understand that okay Seventy-five percent said that it is okay to be active in a house church. We've talked about that on a previous program. Right. Depending on how you define that, you'd need to really sure. kind of do some probing there. Sure. There's nothing special about a building. Right. Well, you know, you you could churches met in homes in the first century. Right. You could meet in the home. Right. Um, but there's it just depends on what they mean by that sure. question. Now, but this this is interesting. Sixty-nine percent said that if you watch a religious television program, you're okay. So don't go to church. Maybe just watch <laughs> Benny Hinn or somebody. Right. Yeah. Right. I think, and then a lot of those broadcast their services on Sunday morning. Yeah. And apparently, there's people that feel like they can just tune in, and uh, that's just as good as being. There. And interestingly, uh, radio only ha- our television only has a one percent advantage <laughs> to radio. Sixty-eight percent say you just listen; you don't have to watch. So the visual is not important to them. Right. And we we have a our congregation has a radio program that we do on Sunday mornings, and you're trying to get people to come to your services, but maybe you're maybe it's sort of self defeating. Well, I know there's a, sort of a lineup. You know, there's there's several religious programs on in the morning, and apparently there's quite a few people that feel like if they get up and uh, listen to that, they're they've sort of done their uh, religious duty for the week. All right, and 68% saying attending a special ministry event such as a concert or community service activity. So maybe just do some kind of entertainment, religious, religiously based entertainment, maybe. And okay. the bottom line is, of all these things, church is not in any of them. So these are there's a huge percentage of people who claim to be Christians that believe that uh, you can express your faith in, in lots of ways. And uh, it almost sounds like maybe traditional idea of church is sort of obsolete to a lot right. of people. It's right. it's a thing of the past. And now, as long as you have some sort of faith activity in some place, some way, then, then you're fine. That's all that's required. All right. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeu.com. The chat room is filling up tonight. If you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, the question, is membership in a church necessary? We asked the question, why are so many people choosing to abandon organized religion? And we have a response from Jeff, and Jeff is uh, behind the controls tonight. Uh, Jeffrey, why do you think that uh, so many people are abandoning organized religion? That's spread throughout the religious world. There are fewer and fewer churches that are trying to push the truth. Therefore, the, being the example of the New Testament Christian is being, being destroyed, and the jar, job is getting harder and harder. All right. Well, you know, that's interesting, uh, Jeff. And, Eric, you can comment on that. You know, churches are watering down the message. Uh, They're trying to be more relevant. Uh, What happens is, Eric, the distinction between the church and the world becomes blurred. And so perhaps, as Jeff indicates, maybe, you know, the real motivation to be a part of a church, it goes away because, you know, I can be a part of the world and basically be in the same spot. Well, and if, if a church becomes a uh, social club, well, there's other kinds of social clubs out there. Right, that are more fun. If a church becomes a, a entertainment, there's other kinds of entertainment. You know, yeah. if, it, if it becomes a place to go get coffee and donuts, well, there's there's other places to get coffee and donuts. So as churches yeah, move sure. away from, from serving the purpose God intends, then you would expect almost that, that um, 
people would like that at first, but then it, you would think after a while it would dawn on them, well, this isn't really necessary. Right. All right. Uh, good Good comment, Jeff. Uh, Anthony in Columbia, Tennessee, uh, emails in. He says they don't want to feel obligated in any way. This is why people are leaving organized religion. They are free spirits who prefer not to be attached to any group because they find it claustrophobic. Mm. Interesting. There's, if you're going to be part of a church, there's going to be some obligation. Right, yes. And I think um, – this this idea that I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be tied down I don't want to belong I want to just do my own thing is definitely uh, is definitely true. All right. He also says they want to make their own rules and have no one to oppose them. You know, if I'm not a member of a church, I can make a I, you know I can believe what I want to believe. No accountability. No accountability. Right. He says uh, number three. On the flip side, they're probably abandoning organized religion because of perceived failures, contradictions, and examples of hypocrisy. They see the inevitable problems due to human error and sin and are mistakenly blaming the God-ordained pattern of organized religion. And that's an interesting comment as well, Eric. Uh, you know, there are people who see hypocrites in the church. How many times do you talk to people who say, you know, there's hypocrites there. I don't want to be a part of it. All the time. That sort of leads into the next question, which is, uh, you know, how, what could churches possibly be doing that might contribute to this problem? What might exist? What conditions might exist that we might be chasing people away, you know. Right. Okay. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, email them questions at collegeview.com or send them in the chat room tonight, or better yet, give us a call toll-free on the phone tonight. Uh, uh, Greg, again, is listening in uh, Inlet Beach, uh, Florida tonight. He says focusing on human failures on the part of church members rather than focusing on God and serving him is why a lot of people are leaving organized religion. Right. They focus on the people rather than on God. All right. Uh, Larry is listening to us tonight. Uh, he is from uh, Campton, Kentucky, and we're glad to have him here. He says it's his first time listening to us live, and so we're glad that uh, Larry has joined us. Uh, he says uh, it has been my experience here where I preach that people are moving to home churches. That is, I can do as much at home at, than others can at church. Of course, we are commanded to not forsake the assembly. So he sees the movement to the home church as being a problem. And appreciate that. And Danny is in Greenville, Mississippi, where he is thankful to God that the levees have held where he is. I'm sure, yeah. He's dry. His computer's working still. Uh, that's good. We're glad that Danny is uh, listening to us tonight. Uh, he says lack of Bible knowledge. Yeah, that's and that's why we're studying this topic, right? There's, sure. There's a misunderstanding about uh, whether church is really necessary or not, or is it just a tradition? Is it is it really uh, something that God requires of us. Okay. All right. Look forward to hearing from you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And as we said, Eric, there are some problems. We asked number two, what problems have you seen in local churches that might be driving people away quickly before the break? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think uh, some of the some of the people that wrote, wrote in uh, addressed some of those things. The hypocrisy you've already mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a justifiable reason not to be a part of a church, but it is a reason that a lot of people give. And we need to understand and, and exactly. Paul addresses this that that you know we need to live in such a way because the world is looking at us. Right. And if if we are not living, if we're not walking the walk, if we're we say one thing and act another, when people see that, it's a huge turnoff. Right. Uh, n- none of us are going to be perfect. Right. And for those people who are just looking for some reason not to go, they're going to be able to always find imperfections in right. people. But um, I don't want to be the reason that they have that. Right. Now, for instance, if somebody says, I'm not going to go to I'm not going to be a part of that church because uh, there's a guy there that wears blue shirts all the time. That's that's crazy. Right. There's that's no reason not to be a part of the church. But if that's going to be the reason why he doesn't come, not a member of the church, no more blue shirts for me. Right. And and the same for being hypocrisy. There's other reasons why you shouldn't be a hypocrite. Right. But if if being a hypocrite is going to keep someone from being a part of a church, then you need to be careful to make sure you're not one. Right. Absolutely. All right, 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Larry uh, chimes in on number two tonight. He says, I believe that more and more pulpits are filled with uh, comedians and storytellers rather than preachers proclaiming the gospel. Amen to that, Larry. We appreciate uh, that comment. That certainly is a problem, Larry. Right. I've been studying today actually from Jeremiah 23, and he talks about the, the prophets there, the false prophets in that land who were speaking visions of their own mind instead of speaking God's words. Of course, Jeremiah is trying. But so many prophets in that day were just saying things off the top of their head and telling people what they want to hear, saying there's not going to be any judgment, there's not going to be any punishment. So many of those themes are still true today. There's people that, that just want to uh, make sure everybody feels okay and there's no you know, there's no real doctrinal teaching. Don't want to ruffle any feathers. Absolutely. All right. Uh, with lots of problems that are causing people uh, to leave uh, organized religion, the problems that are driving 
uh, people away. And so we'll look forward to taking your comments on that. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to keep talking about these problems, Eric. But then we've got to establish a fact. Were there local churches in the New Testament? Anyway, right. we may be talking about this and for, for nothing, you know? <laughs> if we say you need to be a member of a local church, but then there weren't any in the New Testament, then this is a waste of time. Right, right. We'll go to the, the New Testament. We'll, we'll establish that fact. And then we're going to ask the question, do I need to be a member? Right. If there were churches in the New Testament, is it important and imperative for me to be a member today? We look forward to hearing from you on the program. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? A virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better way you could be using yours than to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Can you think of a better use of your time? A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we are back on the program tonight. If you're just joining us, we're talking about membership in a local church in Is It Necessary? We look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight as we talk about this important pro uh, topic, Eric, because you hear more and more people are saying, well, I'm very spiritual, I'm religious, I just am not a part of the church. Right. Okay, we're talking about that tonight. And there are problems, Eric. There are, pro there, you know, and there, there are legitimate problems, not le le legitimate reasons not to be a part of a church. But there are real problems in churches today. Right, unfortunately. You, uh, and uh, we have uh, Greg again comments. He says, unfortunately, some church members act as though they don't care about others. We recently visited a congregation. The people there seemed very disinterested in our presence. I, I'll, I'll share one Terrible example I had about that. I, I visited a church when we moved to a new community. Yeah. And so we're looking for a place to You're worship. a potential member of that church. Right. So okay. my wife and me, our kids, we come. And it was as if we weren't even there. Yeah. And nobody spoke. And finally, this one couple came up and they talked to us. And they were very friendly. Yeah. After we talked to them for a little while when it was all over, we realized they were visiting. <laughs> well, that's sad, isn't it? I think we left without... You know, without any member saying any boo, and it was uh, it's and then you go other places where you get a different treatment. But surely, um, that's a huge thing when we when we show love for others and concern for others. Uh, people either will feel like, man, I can't wait to go back, or they will say to themselves, they leave. I'm never going back to that place. Now, Eric, you're a very outgoing person, so going up to visitors is not probably not a challenge for you. It's not that hard. Right? It, it doesn't cause any kind of anxiety or anything. But there are people that it does. Right. Uh, what do you say to people like that? Well, you know, they probably understand how important it is to be made to feel welcome. Okay. And um, so it's just something that we all need to uh, push ourselves, I think. If, it, if that requires getting out of our comfort zone, then, um, you know, maybe it, some of us may have a strength in that regard that, that others wouldn't have. But I, I think it's important for everybody to, to uh, make everybody feel welcome, not just visitors, but members as well. You know, I go to the dentist, and that's not something I find a lot of pleasure in. I don't know about you. That's something you enjoy? No. But you do it, right? Right. Because you know that there's a benefit that you get from it. Right. Same thing for, I think, for being outgoing and, and being concerned about others. Uh, it may not be a comfortable thing for me uh, to, to do that, but it's something I need to be doing. Right, absolutely. All right, uh, we appreciate those comments. We look forward to hearing from you in the chat room tonight. Uh, we have uh, lots of comments going on in there now, and so uh, please uh, join in there. And if you want your comments to be heard, send us an email or uh, give us a call, and we'll definitely get your comments on as well. Eric, you know, I think one reason why some people are leaving, uh, maybe not a problem in the church, but, um, you know, I think people think, well, the, the church just isn't relevant to me. A lot of people focusing on themselves. Absolutely, yeah. They, I what, went and I didn't get anything out of that. Right. But, well, how do you answer that? Well, we when we when we look at uh, some of the things later about why we should be members, we'll see that that uh, it's not all about me and being focused on me. These, that we've been commanded, we have responsibility to others, but uh, we're in a very selfish society for it sure. It is. It's amazing. And and everybody just wants to know, well, I, you know, what what's in it for me? What what am I going to get from this? And uh, I think there's a lot of people that try to sell their church as well on that basis. Oh, yes. Um, if you come here, we have this to offer, we have this to offer. And, and we should, I think, try to encourage people about what, how it's going to benefit them, you know, if, if they We come. believe God, serving God does benefit us. Right. It's a wonderful thing, and, and they're missing out. And yeah. we, we can say all those things. But um, if, if we've really sold somebody on the idea that it, when you come, it's going to make your life wonderful, 
um, instead of selling them on you need to be committed and dedicated to Christ and following his will, yeah. then they may come and visit and say, yeah, you know, I didn't get that much out of it. So if that's the only thing I'm after. Right. right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's, it is shocking to see how people are marketing the church, if you will. Right. All right. Uh, so appreciate that. Now, uh, Anthony in Columbia has uh, sent in his comments, and uh, he asked how long is the show because he thinks he could enumerate uh, enough problems. That, uh, That's sad, I guess, but it's true. It is. He says, uh, there are so many problems in local churches that might drive folks away. However, none of them are legitimate excuses, as we've said, Eric. The fault ultimately lies in the one who decides to turn away. The first thing that comes to mind are church splits. Mm. These events are indescribably devastating. Others may leave because of hypocrisy on the part of a fellow member, particularly a prominent member of a church, an elder or a deacon. Some may leave simply because they do not feel included on a social level. Strong preaching on biblical truths may uh, reveal that may reveal real sin in one's life, may cause someone to abandon corporate religion. All of these things, except the last point, are things of which we should be cognizant of and intentionally trying to prevent. What do you think about that, Eric? Uh, church splits. That is so true. And, uh, you know, there's strong words in the New Testament for those who cause division. Yeah. And there's a lot of encouragement about preserving unity. Paul in Ephesians talks about the maintaining the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace and uh, endeavoring to maintain that unity. Mm-hmm. And if if I happen to have moved, to, again, several different communities, and I've come in more than once into the wake of a split. Right. I wasn't there when it happened. Right. But as I as I came there, uh, you know, it's something that had happened in the past. Yeah. And the the stories are very similar, that before the church was growing and it was, you know, the, the building was packed, and now you look around and it's decimated, and maybe there's another little group somewhere else that split off. And but there's a lot of people that can't be accounted for. Right. I mean, there's people that I don't know where they go, but they're not in either place, and they must have either lost their faith or they they're going somewhere else yeah. completely, or they're they're not going at all. But but there is so much damage that is done um, in a split that it's a that's such a such a good observation there. All right, uh, a good observation, and then uh, the social aspect, uh, Eric. What do you think about that? And what did he say? They're not included. They don't feel included on a social level. Yeah, and I, that's a sad thing. I'm sure there are, um, especially if that's what somebody's looking for uh, in, out of a church. But then there, there's probably people that feel left out. And, and sadly, there are probably churches where they're, you know, people say they're clicky and all that stuff. And if you're not part of this group or that group, you're not included. And, you know, that's, uh, you know. It's sad, but there's probably some of those kind of things that go on. Interesting comment from Greg uh, tonight in the chat room. He says, look at all the problems in, at Corinth as listed in 1 Corinthians. Yet Paul's solution said nothing about abandoning the church. Right. Yeah. He didn't say break it up. All right. Uh, Lee in the chat room says, we attend a church where attendance is around 1,000 on Sunday morning. Hard to even know all the members. That's true. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. That's a challenge. That would be a challenge. Uh, Larry says we need preachers to spend more time preaching the importance of working with a local congregation. Why do we have elders in an or- organized local church? The purpose is to work in an organized setting, and so we do need preachers who focus on that. Uh, guest 992 in the chat room says left a church where the preacher has a Facebook page showing himself in pictures with scantily clad professional team cheerleaders. Also sitting at a table with liquor bottles and glasses filled with liquid with one glass in front of him. Also, numerous friends of his made crude remarks, cursing, etc. I confronted him uh, with this, and he said, Christ socialized with sinners. I told him he was not Christ. The elders of the church would not do anything about it. His Facebook page is the same today. What would you do about that, Eric? Would you leave that church? I think I'd need to know more information. Okay, well, that's true. But, um, but certainly one of the things that, that comes up is if, if people perceive inconsistencies, especially within the leadership, yeah. that's definitely a big turnoff. Okay, and now... We're not saying it's wrong to leave a church. Right. I've left a church before because I didn't think they were heading the right direction. Right. Um, it's, there's not. That's not wrong. We're talking about organized religion. religion Abandoning. Just, just saying, forget it. I'm done with all kinds of. You know, I'm not going to be part of a church at all now. Right. All right. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, let's see. I guess that that catches us up on that. Jeff is uh, in the control booth tonight, and uh, Jeff, you had some thoughts on this as well. Yeah, you, you, okay, you didn't. Uh, he says churches are going away from the Bible as their pattern more and more adding and subtracting from the scriptures is taking place. And, Eric, if we do, if we water down the message, then we should expect people uh, will abandon organized religion. Let us know your thoughts, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Number three on our list tonight is uh, the question that really does need to be answered, Eric. Were there churches in the first century? Were there local organized churches in the first century? Uh, we need to establish that before we can prove whether or not we need to be a part of one. 
Right. Yeah. And there's people that question that. I mean, there's people that challenge the the uh, assumption that the the model of the local church we have today is a scriptural model. Okay. Well, is it? Absolutely right. First okay, of all, prove it. Prove well, it. All right, we will. Um, to begin with, we see first there's this concept of the universal church. Okay. And um, that I think is where people get confused. There is one universal church. Jesus said, "On this rock, I will build my church." Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. There's that'd be one. There's to be singular. One church. And okay. and Paul says he's the head of the body, the church. And there's one body. Okay. So in a sense, every Christian is part of the one universal church. And you've got to be a part of that church. You must, or you won't be saved. Acts chapter 2 tells right. us about that. And that's how we become. But there's another usage of the word church, and that is this idea of local churches. Okay. As uh, Jeff mentioned uh, before the program started, that you could almost just turn to any book in the New Testament to see evidence of this. Um, Which uh, Danny in the chat room has done. Is he just referenced Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. There's some organization there. Right. He yeah. was writing to the, the, the saints there. It wasn't just some kind of anonymous group because he was able to address his letter to them and get that message to them. That's an important point. I, I was listening on the way over uh, to some comments, and they said there was a man, um, I think his name was Holt, who took a position that the, the, for instance, the church in a city was basically just the Christians who happened to live there. So the church at Columbia would be, you know, just any Christians who are in Columbia. That's the church in Columbia. Well, how would you write a letter to that group of people? And how would, how would you have bishops and deacons? How would you have any organization and, at all? And, and Greg in the chat room references that verse, and he says it shows a fully organized congregation. Right. Yeah, exactly. The one in Philippians does. Yeah. And there's, you know, the uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians is addressed to the church of God that's at Corinth. Yeah. First Thessalonians is addressed to the church of the Thessalonians. And in Revelation, we see there's uh, messages that are addressed to these seven churches that yeah. were in various parts of what they called Asia. All right. So if it was just, again, some just anonymous or unidentifiable group, how could Paul address a message to you? I mean, they didn't, have, hand it to, right. they didn't have the internet or anything that they could post it on some kind of message board. There had right. to be a, a group of people he could direct a letter to. Right. They were, and as as uh, Greg pointed out, and as you mentioned, they were organized. Uh, these these individual groups were uh, an organized body. I believe it wasn't just some, um, you know, hodgepodge whoever happened to show up. Uh, I heard of a church one time in a city that basically met. Uh, it was an inner city thing, and, and there was a overpass, uh-huh. and whoever sort of showed up. Under the overpass? Under the overpass. Well, and it was aimed at homeless people and okay. things like that. So, okay. I mean, it had a good idea, but it was just whoever happened to be there. Well, and it was the, the group was, you know, it wasn't defined at all. It was just whoever happened to be there on any given no time. No organization. Yeah, there wasn't really any identifiable group. But we know that that can't be the model we have in the New Testament because, for instance, we read in Acts 14, 23, they appointed elders for them in every church. So the, these groups these local groups of Christians, these collections in these various towns had elders that were appointed over that group of people. So that has to be a defined body. All right. Greg references Acts chapter 20 in the chat room where Paul called and met, for, met with the elders of the church in Ephesus. So that, that was some... How do you, I mean, how do you know? And how, how do you, if it's just people that live in the city? Well, and, and again, uh, somebody has said, well, the elders would, be, would basically just be any older members. Yeah. But clearly these are, they're appointed yeah, and you could call for them to come meet you somewhere. Sure. So these were these were people who were recognized by the group who had been appointed to this particular uh, task and this office. Uh, that shows that this was a defined body of people, uh, and they were organized. All right, uh, we're going to take a break and get this week's bullet point out of the way. And on the other side of the break, we'll continue talking about this. There, we're not done yet. There's still other proofs that we can present to show that there were organized churches in the New Testament. Then we're going to get into the question: Do I need to be a member of one? What do you think about that? Do you think you need to be a member of a church? Do you think the scriptures teach that, or is it just uh, some kind of habit that we've had or some kind of tradition where people become members of their church, or do the, scriptures, do the scriptures teach that? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break, but we want to take your comments, and there are multiple ways for you to join in the discussion tonight. 877-381-4567 is the, email, or, or is the telephone number to use. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use, or... You can use uh, the chat room tonight, and uh, we have several users and listeners doing that tonight. Lots of ways for you to get your comments heard on the program tonight. Uh, We'll look forward to taking them on the other side. We'll get the week's bullet point. We're coming back right after this. Are you listening? 
There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Here's an interesting challenge. Sit down and write a list of all the things you would be willing to die for. It shouldn't take too long to write your list, but having completed your list of things you'd be willing to die for, you will also have made a list of things you ought to be living for. These are the things that will bring the greatest happiness and fulfillment in your life. What kind of things would you put on your list? Christ and his church? Your family? Your country? A very close friend? This is probably as far as most folks would be willing to go. But think about this. Would you die for your job? Certainly not. Your job is not that important. Would you die for your hobby, a ball game, a round of golf, a camping trip, or for your television set? Of course not. Now that we have your list all properly arranged, look at it again. It may be that you've not been carefully following the right priorities, the very things on your own list. For instance, how many people are sacrificing their spiritual service in the Lord's church and their own families for the sake of their jobs? Too many Christians are guilty of putting their jobs ahead of everything else. Or think how often we hear Christians who forsake the assemblies in order to spend a weekend at the lake or camping in the mountains or attending a ball game. And even more are guilty of neglecting their duties of prayer, study, worship, and teaching while they sit idly in front of a television set watching shows they shouldn't see. A successful life is the product of following the right priorities. Christian, are you living for the things you would be willing to die for? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgarner. My family and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Please join us. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. We appreciate you for being on the other end of the line tonight. And uh, if you're listening to us live, we especially appreciate you being out there. We realize that most of our listeners listen to us in the archive podcast, uh, but uh, we do especially appreciate those who are listening live. If you are listening to us in the recorded version, though, we are glad that you're listening. And we welcome your comments, even if you're not listening to us live. You can comment about anything that you hear on the program by sending us an email anytime to questions at collegeview.com. We can include your comments in a future program, or uh, we can address them privately. But we do look forward to hearing from you. And if you do listen to us in the podcast version, uh, just let us know. Maybe sometime send us an email and tell us where you are and uh, how you listen to us on the virtual Bible study. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we do look forward to hearing from you. We're talking about membership in a local church, and we are asking the question tonight, is membership in a church necessary? Erica, before the break, we were getting into reasons why we believe that there were churches in the New Testament. I think it's a very easily provable uh, concept that there were churches in the New Testament. We talked about the fact that they were organized, that they there, there was a, a structure there. It was right. not just a conglomeration of loosely defined individuals right so we said there's it's a it's a, a group of people that are static in the sense that you could write a letter to them and it's a group of people that were organized they had elders and they had deacons and they had uh, you know teachers um but not only was the organization the the leadership defined there's a defined membership mm-hmm. in these bodies and I, I think that's something that even sometimes uh some of our own members don't completely appreciate or understand or, or maybe have questions about when we talk about, uh, I've had people ask me about that. What, what do you mean? Uh, I have to place membership or, you know, they just assume that if they show up they're, they're, they're that means I'm a member because I'm, you know, because I, I moved here and I'm, I'm here and they don't, they don't understand that there's this idea of, of are you a member or are you not? But this is something that according to the scriptures was uh, the membership has to be defined. All right. Uh, it is defined and we'll, uh, we see that numerous places, Eric. Uh, uh, Paul mentions specific people who are members of the church. Yeah, when he when he writes a letter to the Philippians, he talks about Yudi and Sinti. He addresses these two ladies who are have, have actually having a squabble. But I think he, that they were arguing over whose name was more more unique. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but he was able to. He knew. Paul knew. And this is a lot of these proofs are sort of uh, it's a uh, uh, you know it's a case that's uh, implied. That because he could write a letter and he could address people, and you go to the end of a lot of these uh, letters that Paul wrote, and he would name people there that he wanted to send greetings. So he knew who were the members at this church that he was writing a letter to. So that was that's one way, that's one evidence that they were defined. There's right. others. Okay, all right, and uh, that there were elders who had specific rule over a defined group of people. So if you're the elders, and we read in Hebrews 13:12. They are keeping watch over your souls as with those who will have to give an account. Mm-hmm. So let, I, neither of us are elders. 
but let's just say if you were an elder. Okay. And this is what you read in the scriptures, that you're going to be asked to give an account yeah. for keeping watch over these souls. One question would be. Who's who, going to sign up for that if they don't know who they are? Who are these people, right? Yeah. You have to know in order to be accountable, right. you would have to know who is the flock. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a challenge sometimes that uh, that that churches face and eldership face as, as people don't understand this concept of uh, being a member somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in our day and age when sometimes there's multiple churches in a town, and sometimes people just sort of float around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I experienced that in a uh, college town, especially people sure. are leaving home. Right. Maybe they grew up going with mom and dad. Right. They go to college. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the first time they're on their own. Yep. There's maybe a handful of churches in that community, right? And they just sort of they go over here on Sunday and on Wednesday night. They like this class this this guy's teaching, and they and go with back, some friends. They're back home one week. They go back home, yeah. and and the 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 the, the problem is that they never really find a place to belong. We'll talk about that and the benefits because I think it, my experience with uh, as well as yours, Eric, is that when when students are doing that, that they're typically not thriving spiritually. It's it's very very easy to fall through the cracks that way. That is a that is something we can talk about. Later. All right, uh, Danny references First Peter chapter five verses one and two, where uh, we read, "Feed the flock of God which is among you." Again, that shows an organized group. There's there must be some flock among them. Yeah, they had to know who those people were if they're supposed to feed them. All right, uh, and uh, Lee is in the chat room tonight, Eric, and uh, she says that uh, her first visit to uh, church was with you twenty years ago in Athens. She says, thanks to you for always being a good example. Oh, that's great. Hi, Lee. Uh, all right. So there you go. And um, uh, Larry says, floaters would indicate that they don't want to be involved and have responsibilities. Some people, Greg says, don't want to be accountable to any elders, et cetera. That's why they avoid identifying with a specific congregation. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. I think we have shown, Eric, uh, that there are there's ample evidence that there were churches, local organized churches in the New Testament. They were unified in doctrine as well here that's right they, and the point is that that they were autonomous as far as or super organization goes mm-hmm. there was no uh, super organization there was that, that you read about that what they were united in was not because they had a council or they had a synod or they had you know you know some higher earthly organization what they had was a common doctrine. They were all playing, sort of, so to speak off the same sheet of music and that's easy to do if you have the same rules that you're playing by Right. If you're using creeds, if each uh, congregation had their own creed, that would be impossible. Right. Pretty soon they, they would, you would expect them all just to diverge. diverge. But uh, they were playing by the rules that God had set forth, and if we'll do that, we'll be united in doctrine. So there were churches in the New Testament. Now, number four, Eric, our questions for consideration tonight. Does God expect a faithful Christian to be a member of a local church? Some assembly required. Some assembly required. <laughs> I get. Well, is that true? Right. That's So somebody might ask this question. Okay, I... Admit, the New Testament is clear. I've never heard that one before. Did you make that up? <laughs> I thought about it, except I don't like the sum word. So I had to, I did my, I did, in my PowerPoint, I just put assembly required. But yeah. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, some people might say, so what? So, the, okay, fine. Uh, 2,000 years ago, there were churches. Yeah. Well, do I have to? Yeah. You know, that, that's the question. You know, the kids to? ask, yeah. right? Yeah. Do I have to? All right. Well, how do you prove it to your kids, or how do you prove it to uh, someone that they need to be a member of a local congregation? Well, Probably the easiest uh, scripture, the, the the clearest one, the one that we're all the most familiar with is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, um, which reads from the ESV, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, or the uh, New King James says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here's a command to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There, that's what we're discussing. Is yes. this this habit that some have of forsaking or abandoning the assembling together? Right. If you're what we talked about in the introduction, I'm going to sit at home, watch it on TV. I'm going to listen to it on the radio. I'm going to uh, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. That's forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Okay. And it's a specific command. All right. So you've got to, there has to be a, a, a group for you to assemble with them, and you need to be part of it. Right. All right. For another for you to fulfill that command. Right. I mean, that's right. the clearest one. All right. Um, also, uh, this has been referenced in the chat room as well, and I think you uh, understand it as well, Eric. That Paul tried to join himself to a local congregation when he came into uh, the area where those Christians were living. Right. He gives us a good example of that. I have that uh, 
verse here somewhere, but I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I think it's in Acts chapter 9, right. verse 26. Yeah, when he came, he said, it says he... Uh, when he came come he to Jerusalem, it. he attempted to join the disciples. Right. So he, he, he wanted to be a member of that, of that group of Christians that were, again, well-defined. It wasn't just some anonymous thing. Right. They were well-defined. He tried to join himself to them. Right. All right. Uh, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And uh, we really do have to be a member of, 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 the, of a local body to fulfill a lot of commands here. Not only the command to assemble, but the things that we do in the assembly. Right. Yeah, there are other commands that we simply can't do just uh, on our home at on our own at home. For instance, Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we can worship by ourselves. We can. Right, right, but you can't teach and admonish one another right. unless you're part of a congregation. Right. All right, and also uh, the command to take of the Lord's Supper in Acts 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week when the disciples had come together to break bread. Paul taught to them, but they had come together. That's where the taking of bread, or breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, takes place, is in the assembly. We need to be a part of that. Then that's an important one. Um, from the very first time it was instituted in, in uh, the, the gospel accounts, Matthew 26 is one, Jesus had a um, the disciples gathered together, and this was something where he says uh, in verse 27, drink of it, all of you, talking about the cup. This was a group activity. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. Um, you know, today a lot of times people have sort of like a portable communion concept that um, you can, as long as you do that somewhere, wherever you happen they to be. They sell those things. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little, there's a unleavened bread and a, a little thing of juice, and it's packaged up so you can just take it with you wherever you are. Just stop, do it there, and you're done. And I appreciate that somebody would want to think about Jesus yeah. wherever they are. But the problem is when you look at the New Testament examples, of people observing the Lord's Supper. It was just as it was on the night that he instituted it. And in every other example that we find, it was a group activity Mm -hmm. that was done with other Christians. And so if we want to practice Christianity the way we read about it in the New Testament, we have to do that as a group with other Christians. Uh All right. Uh, Quickly, uh, we have uh, from uh, from Greg, he said, did Paul do something in Acts 9 that was unnecessary and perhaps even ill-advised when he tried to join the congregation in Jerusalem? Ill-advised because he had been a serious problem for that church in the past, and it might have been better just to stay away. Instead, he put forth a concerted effort to join them. Paul was going to some effort. He was exerting effort to be a part of a, of a congregation. It shows us the importance of it. And I, I can guarantee you that's a great point that, uh, you know, we might have some uh, fear and trepidation. There might be a lot of things that would play into somebody's resistance or hesitation to go uh, to assemble themselves. Maybe they have guilt. Maybe they have uh, uh, shame of something in the past. None of us. I'm positive there's no one alive who could relate to what Paul must have felt like trying to go and join himself to this group that he had been persecuting. When he left town mm-hmm. to go, he he had just left after persecuting the church, and now he has to show up and try to say, now I want to worship with you guys. So if he overcame that, he gives us a great example of sure. don't let any kind of emotional barrier keep us from um, doing what the Lord wants us to do. All right, that's right. Danny references Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 where we read they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. We see a, a congregational effort there again. That They did that together. That's right. All right. This horse is dead, Eric. We've beat it to death. We've proved the fact there were congregations in the New Testament. We've proved the, proven the fact that you need to be a member of one. You can't do what God wants you to do without being a member of a congregation. Paul went, for, went to the effort uh, to be a part of a congregation. We've proven those facts. Let's go on after the break to the top of the hour talking about benefits because we, we won't have enough time to get into all of these. But we need to talk about the benefits. You know, we're doing this because God said for us to do it, but there are benefits to us. There's, There's benefits to me spiritually if I'm a member of a local congregation. Absolutely. And those people who are abandoning organized religion are losing out on these benefits God has designed into uh, the, the, the idea of a local organized congregation. That's right. And so we'll talk about that on the other side. We'll look forward to taking your comments on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks it. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Oh, and if you missed a program, shame on you. You need to go back to our website and catch it. You can actually catch our video feed now. The last uh, few months we've uh, been uh, posting our videos, so you can even watch if you miss it. Uh, or you can listen uh, on your iPod or your MP3 player. You can podcast us, but uh, we do appreciate you listening to the virtual Bible study, where we are talking about membership in a local church. We've proven that it is necessary. It is what God expects. And now we want to, for the remaining minutes of the program, talk about benefits to local church membership. If you're in the chat room tonight, just fire off uh, maybe a one or two word uh, benefit that you think of uh, when you think about membership in a local congregation. We can take those in rapid fire format from you in the chat room tonight if you'll send in what benefits you see of being a member in a local church. Anthony in Columbia, Tennessee, is also in the chat room tonight. Uh, the benefits he sees are spiritual edification from fellow members, spiritual food of the Word through teaching and preaching, the privilege of the Lord's Supper, the joy of praising God in corporate singing, having others to help bear our burdens. All of those are viable and good uh, uh, benefits that we need to realize uh, of being a member. Edification of fellow members. How's that work, Eric? Well, Edifying, the word means to, to build up, and that's something that the Lord planned for uh, the church to accomplish. In fact, uh, in Hebrews, I mean, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, he actually mentions this uh, and shows that this is one of the purposes of the church. Um, it says that, beginning in verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. What's the purpose of all those? We talked about the organization of the church. Yeah. yeah. He gave all those. It says... Um, in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That's that word edifying, the same concept. Right. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So God's plan for you and me to grow spiritually mm-hmm. involves the church. Okay. All right, certainly. All right, we're getting some good answers uh, to the question. If you haven't chimed in tonight, and maybe you've, if you've chimed in once, you can continue to chime in with those benefits that you see, and there are numerous, and it's showing up in the chat room tonight. Lee says support. Mm. You have support of your brethren. Uh, David says unity in the gospel. It's, it is good to be unified in, in your understanding of the Scriptures. I uh, know that there are others who uh, view the Scriptures as you do and respect God's Word and, uh, and are trying to live by it in their lives. The unity of the gospel, in the gospel. Uh, Sharon in South Carolina says prayers of the saints. You, you have your brethren uh, there to help pray for you. Uh, Danny uh, references Bible discussions, Bible studies in the church. Certainly, uh, Eric. Uh, as iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. How many times have, have you, uh, you, you been talking about something in a, in a Bible class uh, with your brethren, a subject you knew, you thought you knew everything about, and someone brings up a point that you never even considered. Most of the time. Most of the time. That's true. That's true. Uh, Danny also references true fellowship, that uh, sharing in common of of, of, the, of the spiritual things that we enjoy in Christ. Right. The correct version. Uh, that's right. Uh, Larry references coordinated effort to reach and convert the lost. Certainly, Eric, uh, we can do more as a group than we can do as individuals. There's uh, there's group responsibilities and individuals. You know, the amazing thing that I've found in, 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 in churches, Eric, is that everyone has unique uh, talents. And uh, there are certain people who can uh, can be of assistance to to someone that, that I would have no ability to, to, you know, really make that connection. The way Paul describes that is that, that the body is made up of these parts. Right. And what he doesn't picture is imagine a finger living by itself somewhere. Right. But the finger is a part of the body, and it serves a purpose, and the, the yeah. hand and the eye and the ear yeah. and all these things. They, they all have their thing they can do. Right. And when it works together properly, it builds itself up in love is what yeah. he says. So it's when, when every member is functioning right. like it's supposed to. And that's the concept of the local body. And it's a beautiful thing. Just like God designed our physical bodies, yeah. he designed churches 
and he understood that these churches are made up of all kinds of people with different personalities, different yeah, strengths and amazing. weaknesses. But they, when all that functions like it's supposed to, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, I, you know, Eric, I've known people who were very good at, uh, you know, maybe getting people interested in a Bible study. They weren't, they weren't good at conducting a Bible study, right? But they could sure get people excited about a Bible study, right? And then there were other people who were good at conducting that Bible study, and so you see how it works together uh, to accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. When Barnabas went um, to, I believe it's Antioch, right, and he saw that there had been people there converted, he went and found Paul right. and brought him back. He said, "I know somebody that this place needs. Okay. I know who's perfect for this." And he maybe he didn't, maybe he saw something he couldn't do, but he went and got Paul and brought him, and then the, the, they grew as a result. Of All that. right, amazing, and uh, certainly we have time for your comments. If you'd like to throw in more, uh, send them in the chat room tonight. Just some benefits that you see of being a member of a local congregation. Again, uh, Eric, uh, uh, Anthony mentioned spiritual food of the word through teaching and preaching, and certainly uh, we have that, and we need that as Christians to be uh, edified and strengthened in the word. That's that Ephesians 4, that that he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. He gave us those things. It describes them as gifts, basically, but he set up the church so that we would be fed and we would have what we need. And God, you know, here's the question for those who challenge organized religion mm-hmm. it's the question is do you know better or does god know better yeah. about what we need yeah he designed his family he, he purchased the church with his blood right he knows what's best for us. okay all right uh and uh, greg is in the chat room he says typically when we start into an activity a recreational pursuit a new diet etc we try to get others involved with us we understand the idea of strength in numbers in other areas same thing works as god designed it in our religious service Lee used the word support, I think you yeah, said, in the right. chat room. That mm-hmm. goes along with what he's saying. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And so it's true for any endeavor, like like uh, Greg was saying, um, when whenever we are by ourselves and all alone, what happens if I just run out of steam? Yeah. What if we're running together every morning? Mm-hmm. What if I just, today I can't, I just don't feel like it. Well, if, if I'm all by myself, I'm not going to do it. Right. But if you show up and you're knocking, hey, it's time, come on, let's go. Right. Well, I'm going to go because we're doing it together. It's it's true for any kind of thing that if, and if one person were to get hurt, if one person were to, you know, anything happens to them, if they don't have somebody there to, to hey, come on. And then you can be that person for somebody else. Right. It's not all about receiving. You know, right. We, we're supposed to, be part of the, even if you think, you know what, I actually am strong enough. I could do it all by myself. Let's just assume you're right. Right. That you have such a rock solid faith. You don't need anybody else. You're deceived if you think that, but let's assume you are. Let's just say, let's grant that maybe that could possibly be, right. it, okay. it isn't true. Okay. But if you think that. Theoretically. Theoretically. Okay. Got gotcha. There's other people that need you. Right. You Especially have if you're that strong. Right. There's, there's yeah, people out cheating. there that are struggling. Right. That are being cheated out of your right. support. Come on, do them a favor. You're not there doing your part. That's right. You're off on your own. All right. Good comments. Uh, Jeff uh, is uh, behind the controls. Jeff, what are your thoughts about benefits of membership? You think of being a member of a church has helped you, Jeff? Well, I agree uh, with what he said about uplifting, and also it helps strengthen. Um, I can't, ex- you know, the importance of it, especially when singing. Okay. Uh, that's one of the parts of the worship that really uplifts me, especially okay. when you've had that down week, and then you come in and hearing everybody sing and praises, and mm-hmm. it makes you know that you're not alone, and it's really makes you think that. It's all worthwhile, really. Absolutely, Jeff. And, you know, Eric, uh, just uh, joining uh, in a group, just coming into a place where there's a room full of people who are interested in living like God would have them to live. You know, uh, in, in the world that we live in where we're bombarded constantly by the devil by, with these in, evil influences, to come into a room where people are dedicated and devoted to serving God, just seeing people is a, is a benefit of being a member of the church. And I, you've probably heard this before, maybe maybe lived it. Um, I've had people tell me that, you know, I just did not feel like coming today, but I did. And now that I've been here, I'm so glad that I did. You know, it's like what they needed. Mm-hmm. But uh, even when you don't, maybe it's the last thing we feel like doing. Right. If we just go most of the time, we're going to leave built up, encouraged, uh, better off for having been there. And even if we don't, though, as you mentioned, Eric, the opportunity to encourage others, we need to look at that. I've known people who they were probably so ill they didn't feel they didn't probably gain much from being there. 
cancer patients who had been through the rigors of chemotherapy and so on. And, uh, you know, they were risking maybe contracting some type of illness because their immune system was down, yet they wanted to be there. And I think the reason why was they wanted to encourage others. And think about the, the moms who have young children, and maybe they struggle with them through the entire service. And yeah. they leave and they say, I didn't hear, and I've heard this, <laughs> I didn't hear From a word of the sermon. <laughs> I'm a, I didn't hear a word of the sermon. Yeah. I didn't, you know. But think of the good that was done for the sake of your family, yeah. the example you were to them, the example you were to the other people that were there because yeah. you showed up and, and, you know, you made the effort and, and you yeah. did, you know. So, again, the, 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 the danger is not to be so self-centered that right. we just say, what can I get, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. But to realize that it's a it's it's a dynamic relationship that where you're contributing as well as receiving. Right. Okay. Larry says we all have talents. The more we have working, the more talents and abilities are at work on a larger scale. We need everyone. Right. All right. And it, you know, Eric, uh, someone might say, "Well, I don't have any talents." Well, we all have talents. Someone might say, "Well, my talents are very insignificant." They're not. Right. They're all needed. As was mentioned, you know, we're part of a body. We have each member has different uh, functions. That each uh, function is very important. That's what God says. Yep. All right. Uh, 877-381-4567. If you hurry, you can get on the phone now or send your comments in the chat room. Uh, again, we can just take uh, those quick comments, just quick benefits that you see. Uh, perhaps we've missed one uh, that uh, that you uh, understand as a benefit of, uh, of assembly. Eric, uh, we've talked about encouragement. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, as you mentioned earlier, and talking about the need to be a part of a church, tells us that when we assemble... Uh, we do uh, obtain benefits. And, you know, back to this Ecclesiastes 4, uh, we talked about if somebody, you know, shows up to help you out, and um, if somebody falls down, the other guy's going to help him mm-hmm. up. But verse 11 says something interesting. If two lie together, they keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? Um, I had this opportunity to be a camp counselor uh, once upon a time, or during the summer, obviously. And there's an interesting way to illustrate this uh, with young people. Um I didn't think of it, but I don't remember who, who showed it to me. But you can take, if you have a campfire burning, mm-hmm. you can just grab one of those logs or sticks that's in there and drag it off to the side. And invariably what happens is it'll flame for a little bit, it'll, then it'll glow, and in just a few minutes it goes out for whatever reason. And I've always been curious about that. I don't really know exactly why. But they'll burn when you put them together. But you take that stick that's on fire and you will put it over here, and I, I think Across, you know, universally, it, it will go out. It right. won't just burn by itself. Right. And this is sort of, I think, what this is saying as well, that, that how can one person keep warm alone? And spiritually, if you're all by yourself, it is almost inevitable right. that if you're not with other people to keep warm spiritually, you're going to grow cold. Um, I, I just think that it, it would be almost a, just as much of a rule for people as it is for pieces of wood, that it just does not work to say, I'm going to stay spiritually on fire and uh, I'm going to do that all by myself. It's a shame they have to work so hard to encourage people to assemble and encourage people to be members of a church when it is so apparent that you can't do it by yourself. Right. All right. Uh, uh, David in the chat room says, uh, some come with good questions and we all learn. Yes. You know, even you, 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 maybe, uh, you, know, you may think that's not going to be an encouragement for you asking a question. Maybe you think it's a stupid question, but people benefit from you asking the question so that the, the topic can be discussed. As I've often heard most of the time, if you're wondering it, there's probably somebody else that's wondering the same thing. That's true. Uh, Larry says just being a servant is uh, just so fulfilling. The opportunity to serve is one of the benefits. <laughs> Maybe we don't look at it that way, especially in the in the me-centered generation we live in today, Eric. But uh, having the opportunity to serve is a benefit because I understand uh, that being a servant is a benefit to me, according to what Jesus has said, that I'll be blessed if I'm serving others. And so if I'm in a mem- uh, church with 100 members, there's 100 or 99 members that I can uh, that I can serve. 99 opportunities for me to be a servant, and that truly is a benefit. Absolutely, that's not one that we maybe think about all the time, but it is. Uh, Greg says everyone I've known who thought they didn't need the church actually needed it more than most others. Uh, so there you go. Right, right. All that's, right. That's that's bottom line. All right. Uh, any other comments, Eric? Uh, we're just about out of time. Any other comments before we close? Well, I just think if we think back to if you boil it all down to what does God want for us and what does He know that's best? It's obvious this is what he designed, uh, just like God designed the home. And when we see when you break up the home, it just doesn't work right. Right. And God designed a spiritual home. He designed a spiritual family for us. And he, okay. he has all these things in mind that he wants to bless us with um, as a group. And um, 
it's not only a shame, but it's sinful when people just refuse to uh, submit to that. All right. So good comments uh, tonight from our chat room. If you're in the chat room tonight, you don't mind telling us where you're listening. We appreciate uh, hearing that. Uh, Larry asked the question, Eric, where will you be next week in light of May 21st? He says that sort of tongue-in-cheek. You know, that, that's the, the prophecy. Uh, we'll just remind you, if, you uh, if you've not heard our program on this subject, uh, we have uh, uh, we interviewed one of the prominent members of that group who believe that the rapture will occur on May 21st. The end of the world will occur on October 21st. Uh, he goes into the reasoning why he believes that. Uh, you, would, you should check that out in our archives uh, for that program if you're interested in that discussion. Eric, I appreciate you coming from Fayetteville tonight to be a part of the program, and uh, you suggested the topic, and I think it was a good one. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And I would just say to that uh, to that question, the Lord may very well come before thee. He may. Hopefully he will. Right. That's right. Hopefully he will. And uh, we are looking forward to that. That's right. It's going to be a good thing. That's right. And nothing to dread. That's right. All right. Hastening. That's right. That's right. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff, uh, thank you for driving down the controls tonight. Job well done. And thank you for being uh, on the other end of the ni- line tonight for participating and for listening We appreciate your participation. We look forward to being back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.